Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, a couple days late, I guess. But before we do that, but you want to tell the folks that I don't want to do this video on this podcast. <laughs> on this podcast, we talk about games. Yeah, it's a couple weeks late, theoretically, because the game has been out for so long. But, you know, it's a big game. Got to get through it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just referencing that we're recording on Wednesday since Monday. That's also true and also weird for yeah. us. Yeah. It's because I slept through yesterday. <laughs> it's because Monday was Labor Day. Yesterday I forgot and I was just asleep. And then <laughs> now we're in Wednesday comes afterwards in yeah. a paraphrased version of a Rebecca Black song. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I guess we should, um, I guess, spoiler free impressions. How, how far have you gotten into this game? Uh, I'm deep into Act 3. Okay. I have, uh, have you reached the city? No, I am fairly deep into Act 2. Um, okay. I basically did a thing that, I'm trying to avoid spoilers because I'm going to be generic. I, you I know, did, deep into Act 2 is probably good enough we can just talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very deep into Act 3. It feels like we could kind of go into the end game. It, when I say we, I mean myself and Rachel because I've been playing co-op with Rachel this whole time. Um we could just go into the end game basically whenever, but we're just clearing off all these side quests. We're doing a million side quests. Um, and uh, I guess that's where we're at. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and I am far enough through that I think I'm qualified to talk about it. I'm level eight at this point. I know last week you, or yeah, last week you mentioned that you were had already hit cap. Um, yeah, the level cap is level 12. I hit level 12. I, I want to say that we have had a pretty completionist playthrough. We hit level cap pretty early into Act 3, to be honest with you. And I think that a lot of that is a reflection of our sort of obsessive, our, my obsessive desire to do, like, everything, right? Um, because you get little these little warnings when you're going to move on or whatever. Every time I got that warning, I want I went back and we did a bunch more stuff, right? Um, but I feel like the level cap is really there for like if you're somebody who's essentially just kind of playing through the main level of the game, you're not exhausting every nook and cranny, going and finding every possible battle you can fight. You're probably, excuse me, you're probably um, you know gonna reach level cap sort of deeper into the into the end game. That makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, before we get into spoilery territory, because I think, um, I mean, I don't know that we need to, like, the, we can probably talk about a lot of the mechanics without spoilers, but, like, what do you, what do you think of the game so far? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Thumbs up. Definitely thumbs up. Definitely, definitely good. I would have probably said this is, like, game of the year material, just, like, loving every absolute second of it before that level cap just, like, destroyed me. Um... Which is maybe my own fault in a, in a certain way. You know, like, disappointment is unmet expectations, right? You know, and when you're playing a game like this, you have an expectation that it's going to go all the way, right? That'll go all the way to 20. It feels like you're playing an adventure campaign or whatever. I was thinking in terms of going all the way to 20, even if I wasn't necessarily kind of, like, acting on it, right? Like, it's not like I was planning out full 20-level builds. I was never really, like, looking anything up or anything like that, right? Um, I was mostly just kind of, you know using my innate knowledge of, like, understanding kind of these RPGs or whatever. Um... But, uh, but yeah, uh, even though I'm certainly, 
fundamentally disappointed that we didn't get all the way to level 20 in this one. Um, it's still it's still a very good game. Yeah, so like I mean, a truly great game. I think it's still a very strong game of the year contender. Um, like, obviously, I didn't have the disappointments in you going into it. It was going to be capped to 12. Uh, but, you know, um, I am also kind of getting to the point. Like, I get this way in a lot of games where it's like, I've gotten to the point where it's like, I am tired of doing, like, all this, like, content, right? Like, um, to get to keep it relatively spoiler-free, um, there are two ways to go from Act 1 to Act 2. I did it one way. I picked up something in Act 2 that was like, there's this place in Act in, in the other route that you could go to discover some stuff. And I looked at that, and I was like, I don't want to do that. And so I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> Uh, and so, like, that kind of thing has started to, 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 uh, get to me, and so I'm just kind of, like, more pushing through to, like, do the actual things, um, that happen in the story. Uh, but yeah, I think it, I think it's very good. I think that, a, I think I, I, I think that Act 1 is obviously more polished than Act 2, and I assume that's also, that's further true for Act 3, um. A lot oh, of that's absolutely untrue. Act three, Act three is brutally unpolished. Actually, I would say that that that, that is that agrees. With oh wait, I'm sorry. Does I, that? Oh uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. saying I, Act I, one is the most polished because it correct. had literal early access. Act two is less polished, and I assume it's even less polished than Act three. Um, uh, and like, I think a lot of the things that make the game really exceptional. Right, the, con the 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 consideration of like all the different ways you could theoretically do something that like make the game so special in Act One, those types of considerations start to fall off the further you get into the game. I think just because you have you know less iteration time for the developers, that that, that kind of thing doesn't mean it's still not a very special game that like probably gets close to the core tabletop experience than any other game, but like. Um, also, I think as you interact with systems where you can see the edges of it more, right? Like, it's, it's less magical. Um, yeah. But uh, still still very, very good and probably the, the best best tabletop, best representation of a tabletop experience I have, I have had uh, in a video game. Oh, man. Do I think it's better than Kingmaker? The only other, the only other, this is the real comparison point for me, is I played Pathfinder Kingmaker last year and this year, um, and I got really sucked into into it both times um and a really crazy thing happened to me with getting sucked into kingmaker which is that i fell back into an old save effortlessly which was crazy I, that like never happens to me right like if i don't play a game for six months and then i come back to it generally speaking i want to restart you know and right. kind of do a full playthrough from the beginning if i come back to total war I'm going to make a new campaign. If I come back to Stellaris, I'm going to make a new campaign, right? If I'm going to play something, even like a narrative game, um, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like an Assassin's Creed or something like that, a lot of the times I'll end up kind of like making a new making a new game and kind of playing through it to, to like re, you know, get back into things. But there was, I put so much time into Kingmaker. I was like 80 hours since like I'm like, I'm not going to replay fucking 80 hours of this thing. Um <sighs> And I don't want to say that I didn't get hooked by Baldur's Gate in the same way that I did by Kingmaker. Um, I'm, to be fair, I haven't even finished Kingmaker. I fell off of Kingmaker 
deep into that game. We're deep into sort of book six of Kingmaker. My characters are all level 17, maybe level 18 or something like that. Like getting on to like level 20 kind of thing. Um, uh, but yeah, maybe maybe what here's what I, here's what I would say. It is those are two good comparison points for kinds of tabletop experiences, I guess. Because sure. the thing that Baldur's Gate really does and you know helps you with, right, is facilitating the kooky shit that happens in tabletop that can never happen anywhere else. And I think this is actually part of why the dev time for it is so. Uh, long and storied right you know the game was in early access for three years um it was in development for six um and when when people when i whenever i complain about the level cap people have always said well they can't do well they can't do everything and i always point to kingmaker i'm like kingmaker did everything outcat is a much smaller studio right um working under much you know different different sort of like confines or whatever but they went all the way to like level 20 if Baldur's Gate wanted to go to level 20 they could but the thing about Baldur's Gate is they wanted to you know respect the kinds of things that in an RPG in a tabletop setting you could go I want to talk to animals the squirrel right and it recorded VO for all of that right um, it it helps you know it it creates an, a good and an evil path to get through the game with relatively similar sorts of goals. All of those sorts of like choices and decisions that you can make that's a very tabletop RPG experience. You're never really gonna that that's not something that's gonna get replicated in something like Kingmaker because like there are villains. There is no version of things where you don't end up fighting the you know. Yeah. In Pytax or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, you can fight him a couple of different ways. You can be a dick about it. You can be neutral evil and fight him. You could be chaotic good and fight him. And those are two different ways to kind of like go about it. But you're not like fundamentally restructuring the narrative of the story, which is something that Baldur's Gate. Yeah, which is, which is kind facilitates. of funny because like that's that is a thing like being able to fundamentally restructure the, the narrative of the story is a thing that is true of tabletop games but not not all tabletop games because like i have found that the adventure paths don't kind of allow you that flexibility without a lot of work on the gm side at which mm -hmm. point why are you doing an adventure path right like um but yes i i i guess i agree with you right like uh like yeah like there's no version of kingmaker where you are not fighting for the overall goal of establishing your kingdom in the stolen lands and driving out these threats to that kingdom you can do that in in maybe in the like Mass Effect is an okay example, even though Kingmaker is sort of more than Mass Effect in certain ways. Um, you can do that by being, like I said, lawful evil. You can do it by being chaotic good, but um, uh, you know, actually, when I make that comparison, Baldur, because Baldur's Gate, you know, you so well, I don't know. It's all this yeah, stuff uh, is complicated. So, so, so part of part of the issue here, I think, is that like. You know, something like Kingmaker, and I haven't played the game, so feel free to disabuse me of this notion. But like, I have I have played through that campaign entirely on the tabletop. Yeah. Um, Correct. And part of that like thing there is that like the things that are your antagonists are antagonists to you, regardless of like your general disposition, right? Like, um, like you could play through as an evil party, and it wouldn't matter for the villains, right? Because they're just a competing force, right? It's, it's not like a good versus evil story. And in that kind of way, right, the resolution of the Kingmaker story is about establishing your kingdom. And um, 
how like the attitude of that kingdom is kind of set dressing right like it, it, it doesn't inter interact with the core mechanics of the game whereas Baldur's Gate does at least have the thing where like there are like several alternate endpoints which is similar to a mass effect right where like you can along the way make decisions that will affect the ending right in a, in a way that is more than set dressing right like okay so that's interesting i do think i would think kingmaker is better about that um at least in the crpg version right because the fundamental character of your kingdom can be pretty fundamentally different right um and mostly this is just about like who you end up with and how you end up dealing with them, right? Um, in terms of stuff like companions, right? Okay, I see. Um, there's companions of all these different varieties, right? But it's also like who you recruit, right? You can recruit. I'm I'm running a true. Uh, I'm sorry, not a true neutral. A lawful neutral kingdom in my Kingmaker campaign because that's my favorite alignment. Okay, sure. I think lawful yeah. neutral is a fun alignment, and um, that means that I have picked up some people and done some like quests or whatever that are sort of towards that alignment that put me in a weirdly different position than someone who is going a more chaotic you like route right um and that will probably i mean to be fair i haven't seen like ending christ i'm sure that i'm going to play towards the ending in the way that um i don't remember like fallout 3 is sort of like this fallout 3 you're kind of playing to collect cutscenes at the end Right, sure. the, you do yeah. the more side quests you do, the more your ending cutscenes matter or whatever. I think Baldur's Gate is pretty similar. I imagine Kingmaker is also going to end up being like pretty similar to that. The thing that Kingmaker doesn't do that Baldur's Gate does is allow you to mess with the plot structure of the game, yes. which I think yeah. is what is is what is interesting, right? Um, and uh, you know, and it basically does that by playing much more like a Bethesda game. Funnily enough, right? It lets you ally to certain people. Um, and uh, and against other people, unless you kind of pick sides um, or have different ways that you tackle problems. Uh, where Kingmaker, you have a little bit of that, but it kind of at the end of the day, you're going to end up playing these dungeon set pieces as dungeon set pieces, sort of no matter what. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's what I mean by the, kind of like the, the set dressing difference is, is where it mostly is, right? Like your city might have like a golden shield on it or a pair of devil horns, but at the end of the day, it's a city in like the river kingdoms and you push out your, you know, the, the people that are trying to stop you from establishing that kingdom. Right. Um, and like, obviously that, that has broader implications, but like Baldur's gate lets you do, like you said, like, I like the way you put it, like mess with the plot structure, right? Like um, you are able to kind of like fundamentally mess with like the, the flow of how, of how that goes in a way that you couldn't a tabletop, right? Like in a, in yeah. a tr true tabletop and with a GM that was willing to work with you on that, right? It's like, well, what if we, you know, to, to use an example from our own past, like what if we, you know, allied with Barzillai Throne and like exploited the fact that he is primarily afraid of being forgotten and wiped out um, rather than, uh, being like you know his prime motivation being like the oppression of people right um, and we can work with that person and whereas like if you don't account for that kind of if the programmers don't account for that eventuality um, you can't do that in a tabletop or in a, in a computer yeah RPG. this makes sense to me the owl cat version of hell's rebels doesn't include that possibility but the the larian version of hell's rebels probably does yes right yes exactly yeah. yeah okay and i think part of that is and and this is sort of the question of trade-off right if if i'm thinking in those sorts of terms it is pretty complicated to be able to mess with the plot structure and keep your game intact along right. those sorts of lines which is why i think baldur's gate ends at 12 
even though it had way more people working on it for way longer um, right. compared to Kingmaker ending at 20, even though there are far fewer people who worked on it for, for like far less time, right? Um, and I don't know, and really my question, my thing is to wrap this all the way back to the beginning, is I don't know whether or not I think that trade-off is worth it, right? Uh, I think 12, I don't know, maybe it's just something about playing at level cap for as long as I have, um, but there's just something really draining to my motivation to not to getting all this experience and it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, 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 I get that. Um, I mean, it's part, part of it is also that like, you know, the, the actual, like the beyond like the, you know, story motivation is its own thing. And like, I'm thinking about like a game that we play at cap a lot, which is world of Warcraft, right? Like True. we've been playing that game at cap for, you know, like cumulatively over the course of the expansions, like, you know, probably years, right? Like, um, and the motivation there has always come thing kind of like, um, uh, I don't want to like something that's not experience based, but, but there is its own motivation, right? Like better gear mounts. Yeah. Stuff like that. Whereas I guess, I guess Baldur's Gate has like what, like story discovery and gear, but the gear is not a clear enough, like, when we when we do something in WoW, we know that there's gear at the end of the tunnel that will be relevant. I think it's it's this is also a problem I have with Skyrim at a certain point, right? It's like you know I am doing this whole dungeon and there might not even be something at the end of it that I care about. Um, and, and part part of it for Skyrim is that like the magical items don't have that much character to them, um, typically. Uh, maybe like the shouts, um, which is you know which was kind of like the the big thing there, um, and like. Uh, and BG three, I think, has has a better set of items, but like it's um, another touch point would be like Elden Ring, right? Like Elden Ring doesn't really have a level cap, but there's also like a point of diminishing returns, right? Um, and I hit this point in Elden Ring too, where it's like I don't want to keep doing the side content anymore. I want to start to like finish things out. Um, but like at the end of every dungeon, I knew I was getting something, right? Like I might not use it, but it's something that like somebody would find useful. Whereas like um, Baldur's Gate, pro that's probably true for Baldur's Gate, but that's not much less explicit, right? Like, there's probably a piece of loot at the end of it that will be useful for someone, someone somewhere, but, like, it's, it's, like, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like, a and a lot of the times it's going to be, like, someone in your party if you make it work kind of thing, right? Right. Um, a lot of loot in Baldur's Gate I have found to be kind of interesting because, like, like, I don't know that I expect... It, I, I guess the, the complicated thing for me in loot in Baldur's Gate is I have been kind of at my end game for the game for a long time, also in terms of loot. I, I did pick up some like extra stuff. I don't know. How deep are we in spoilers? Do we do we do a spoiler warning? Uh, let's put a spoiler warning here, right? This is yeah, we'll put a spoiler, spoiler warning here, right? Um, once I finally did reach um, once I finally did reach Baldur's Gate itself, I got access to a bunch of shops, right? It's a city. You can go to a bunch of different shops. We basically went to every single shop, and every single shop has some very rare item that's like cool and good, right? And one of them He's like, I can think of one piece of gear. Actually, I think I can think of two pieces of gear that I swapped out. Um, I picked up a, uh, I picked up new armor. I'm playing a rogue in that game. I picked, I, I picked up new armor and I picked up a cloak, right? But like my, all my other stuff is stuff that I brought with me from Act 1, Act 2, basically. Um, 
And there's not something, maybe that's just like not as like fun and engaging as kind of, uh, I don't know. Just like there was something about killing a guy, seeing the little 300 experience pop up. It was satisfying. Um, and then once that stops being satisfying, it frustrates me, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And, and the, the, way, the way you typically deal with that is you, you offer some either alternate or like parallel reward that makes the content still worth doing. And I think part of – there are some quests that are interesting in Baldur's Gate and there's some that are not so much – Right. And like mm-hmm. the, the story driven ones, I like the, the ones about the characters I care about, I could probably do an easier job with. But like, again, spoilers, but like, there's like um, a dude in Act Two that's like, go find this ledger that proves that this dead person is guilty. Uh, and uh, and then you go back to him, and I was like, ah, this is whatever. Right. Like, but I, I, I was in that area anyway for like the actual quest. And I went back to him, and I got into a fight with him, and I killed him, and it's like, I didn't need to do this quest, right? Like, um, I'm not mad that I did it, because I'm not, like, like you know, I wasn't at, like, the kind of burnout phase for that, but, like, um, I think I think, I think think you're right about the completionist part of it, too, is, like, there, there are things that would be fun to do every once in a while, but if you insist on doing every single one of them, I think you're gonna, like, feel the pain, I guess. Yeah, this is something that Kingmaker tackles in a different way, which I think is pretty interesting, which is that, you know, I, I would actually say this isn't a Kingmaker thing. It's It pops into my head, but really it's a lot of stuff, which is that most of the experience comes from quest completions, right? It doesn't come from killing monsters. Most of your experience, or in my feeling, right, most of the experience I got to level through Baldur's Gate came from killing rooms of guys, right? Which is why I said my obsessive desires, and, you know, Rachel's in the chat, you know, asking if I was collecting chunks off that one guy. We went to... Did you do the Githyanki crash? No. No. That, that is actually the thing I was re- referring to when I said I found oh, a thing... do? I found a thing in Act 2 that was like, you can go find it in the mountain pass. And I did the Underdark to get to Act 2. Sure. Um, and I was like... And actually, to, to give a, a, a fuller story, I like was like, oh, maybe I'll go check it out. And then I went to the – when I clicked on to go to the mountain pass, it told me that Halson had left to go do something else, which I think is a bug. Um, but, like, I also, like, got into a fight with, like, the rev- some revenants. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And I reloaded the game. Uh, and I just – it was like, I don't want to – I'm just not going to do the, the Githyanki stuff this, this playthrough. I'll maybe do it if I play it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went to the Githyanki crash um, – and, you know, we're playing a pretty interesting... I, I like the way that we're playing the game, but it is, you know, kind of interesting. We just end up fighting everybody, but, like, for good. We're kind of murder... We're kind of good murder hobos, which is to say that, like, if somebody... Is, if so, if we show up somewhere and somebody gives us a bunch of shit, it's like, you know what? Fucking die, you dick. You idiot. You know, like, that kind of a thing, right? Um, and that sort of was what ended up happening at the Githyanki crash. We were hanging out. It's pretty clearly meant to be like a like a quest hub. There's a bunch of stuff you can do there or whatever, but they were just dicks. And so we ended up getting in a fight with someone, and we were like, you know what? The whole crash is hostile to us. We could revert to the save, or we could just start killing, and we just fucking killed everybody in the stupid Githyanki crash. And that included, as we were walking on our way out, we had basically murdered everybody. We had turned this, this sort of town into a dungeon and murdered everyone in there, right? 
as we were on our way out, I was like, oh, there's this room with the Githyanki youths in there who are trained, like, they're a bunch of, they're, like, little kids fighting, right? Like, Githyanki, not kids, they're called youths, but they're adults, right? Um, and I was like, we should go kill them. And Rachel was like, buddy, no, they're kids. Why? And I was like, for the experience. Because the experience matters to me, okay? <laughs> and I just, like, went through... And we and I went in and I aggroed them or whatever, and we fucking murdered or we massacred these children who are these younglings, you know, in in class basically. Yeah, okay, Anakin. Yeah, it's very it's a very Anakin Skywalker moment. But you know what? You know what my philosophy is if the fucking kids in the Jedi Temple had aggroed Anakin Skywalker when he walked in, right? Instead of going, please, Lord Skywalker, save us. Maybe I would have been more on Anakin's side, okay? Like, that's, that's kind of my philosophy, right? If I walk in sightline and those little kids start attacking me with their training swords, I just, like... My sympathies have run out. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just imagining like a small child running up to you with a plastic sword and being like, ah, I'm going to get you, bad man, and like tapping you with a plastic sword and you're just like punting them. To be honest, we almost wiped actually. The fight was really hard. And it's because the little kids have their instructor. I have to actually, this is a good story. I need to introduce you to Dortek. The little kids had this instructor who was, like, the real bad guy. He's, like, the drill instructor in this room. He's being a dick. He, like, tells one of the kids to murder the other kid in their training regimen. He's like, we can always spawn more Githyanki or whatever. It's like, okay, fucking Hitler. Shit. Okay. Um, that guy has this ability, and I'm pretty sure it's, like, a bonus action or something. Maybe this is just a bug, to be honest with you, where he buffs one of the kids he gives them like 40 temporary hp and makes them do a bunch of extra damage right and so we're getting these little kids are coming at us with their plastic sword and then absolutely stomping our shit right and to be clear we never long rest like we hate resting in this game i have done this game on like six long rest maybe right we and we were we had finished with the dungeon and <laughs> we had finished with the dungeon and we were on our way out. We're all at like three HP or whatever. And then fucking this like little ankle biter, you know, Githyanki with his training sword is walloping me for all of my health. And the way that we figured out how to deal with it is the instructor was in the room and he was yelling out in the hallway to buff them. Right. And we just kept closing the door so he didn't have line of sight on the kids. <laughs> And then he would run up and he would open the door, but he wouldn't cast his bullshit spell. And I was like, maybe opening the door is a bonus action or something like that. It's like taking his action or whatever else. So we just kept closing the door on him and then we killed all the kids and then we killed him. Oh, Dortek is best tech. Yeah, we use Dortek in a number of different situations um, in order to do exactly this. kind. Actually, the very first time we used Dortek was also in the Githyanki crash um, because we were in a room Someone had aggroed us, right? One of the Githyanki had aggroed us because of our dialogue choices, all this other sort of stuff. So we killed her. And we were like, okay. And then we opened the door, and everyone on the other side of the room are all aggroed against us. And we we're just like, oh, shit. Our party is fucked. We need to rest. We're so boned. So we just opened the door. And then closed the door. And then we just kind of hid behind it. So then they kept running in one by one. And we just like choke pointed them or whatever. Yeah, anyway, the Shkithyaki crushes. I, I don't know why I'm telling the story. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I think that's like kind of the thing that like 
is the strength of the game, right? Like, people want to tell stories about, like, things they did, creative ways they solved problems, or, like, surprising ways that, like, the game supports things that, like, you know, makes you, that makes you feel good about, like, ah, I thought of this clever way to do it, and, uh, uh, and it worked. Um, yeah, I, the, I, you know, by the way, I want to correct myself because I remember what it was. It is not that it is not that it takes an action to open the door. It's that it took an action for him to cast this spell thing. But when an NPC is on the other side of a door and they don't detect an enemy in range, they dash as their action for the turn before opening the door. So we were really taking advantage of the bad AI of the game. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Because they sense there's no enemies nearby. I need to get in range. They dash and then they open the door and they don't move and they just attack or they yeah. just do nothing. Yes, because they, they dash as their first action instead of like moving and dashing like a player would. Um, yeah. The Act 2 town is. Are you talking about like light? Uh, Lou with the chat says, uh, um, How have we been. The Act 2 town, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. We've both been to Last Light, I believe. If you're an actor. Oh, no, yeah. We kept Last Light. Yeah, we Last Light was fine. Um, they, they were nice to us. Yeah, we had no issues with Last Light. Did you manage to keep um, the, the priestess from being taken away? Yeah, well, yeah, by fucking safe scumming. Okay. That was insane. She, she got taken away, and we killed everybody. And uh, J But Jahira is mean to you. Did you kill her? No, no, no. We, um... Uh, so, oh, I, I know. Uh, the thing that happened with Jahira was um, somebody was there. I think one of our companions was there or something and just, like, vouched for us. And then, oh, no, no, no. We had saved, uh, this is what it was. We had saved a bunch of Harpers along the path, and Jahira was mean to us um, and entangled us or whatever. But then those Harpers showed up, and they were like, wait, this person saved our lives. And she went, good. And then we were friends. So that's what happened there, um, but yeah, when the when the fucking cleric gets yeeted or whatever, and everybody succumbs to the shadow curse, we just fucking safe scummed because we were like, okay, and then we just didn't do that quest because we were like, I don't know that I can save her from Marcus, so we just did literally every other quest on the map until we had to do that one to progress, um, and then by that point we just like absolutely murder hoboed like Marcus. We had like leveled up a bunch of times and we kicked his ass kind of thing. Um, I I don't know what happens if the opposite happens. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I I uh, I only had to reload once. Um, I just like did a little bit of positioning beforehand. Um, and like you can beat Marcus himself down pretty easily. Um, but like he gets like she, like I saw the cutscene. She gets carried away. And I assume mm. you have to rescue her. But. Uh, yeah, the problem with her getting carried away is it turns everybody else into undead. Oh, really? Um, oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, we casted we cast invis on her. Um, I did something uh, similar, but she immediately broke it. Uh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, part of it was also just that, like, that was another fight that we took. We were really, we hadn't long rested yet or whatever. We were just exploring and talking to everybody. And that whole thing just happens the second you go and talk to her in the first place or whatever. So, um yeah, that was kind of... One of the things we'll end up doing a lot because we don't like long resting is we will save stuff for the long rest. It's like, okay, well, it's, it's like you want to get as much out of every rest as you possibly can. It's like, well, you know, we can still do more stuff. We still have hit points or whatever. And so we'll go back out into the Shadow Curse, do all this other sort of stuff. Um, the, the thing that was crazy for us about the Shadow Curse lands was the convoy... Or the little did, did you have to did you do that with the with the the, the drider? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, yeah, the thing with the Drider, we let the Drider just walk past. We were like, we'll get back to this. And then we basically fucking forgot about it, and then we long rested, and he disappears. So you need that crazy Moon Lantern to do the rest of the to do the rest of the Shadow Curse Lance or whatever. But we didn't fucking have the Moon Lantern. We couldn't get it. Um, and so we had to do some brutal uh brutal stuff in order to in order to figure out how to make you know how to make that work basically that was just like me stealthing through the like giga shadow part um until i found moonlight towers where there are those moon lanterns on the six and it kind of like saves you interesting okay yeah i haven't i've not found another moon lantern yet but uh i or another functional moon lantern um i basically just, did you go to moonrise towers i am i have Last time I, I saved, I had just gotten to Moonrise Towers. So the, the, oh, okay. the, the thing I was referring to is I did the temple first, and I got to the part that said, go to the Shadowfell. And it's like, you advance the story if you go to the Shadowfell. I'm like, well, I guess I got to go back and do everything else. Um, oh, that is really interesting. Yeah, we did that temple dead last. See, like, I, I did it first because I thought it was like semi-optional. I was like, I like Shadowheart. I want to, you know, Shadowheart, I'm doing Shadowheart Waifu for this run, right? Sure. Um, might as well do that. That way she can be happy. And maybe she will Maybe she will give me a nice hug um, uh, at, at, uh, at sleepy time. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, she, you know, then I, I, hit, I hit the Shadowfell and, uh, uh, or, and it was like, it's going to advance the story. I'm like, oh, this is kind of bullshit. And I had to go and do everything else. By the way, I managed to... Without Scaves coming, defeat the barkeep and the tax collector with social checks, which was hilarious. Oh, interesting. We did, without Saves coming, the barkeep and the doctor with, with just social checks. Oh, I did the doctor, too. That's right. I forgot about the doctor. Uh, did the you doc- do him with social checks? Yeah, but he was easy, okay. right? He, w- like, he was like, you know, like, tell, 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 like... I guess that for me it was easy. I think it was like an intelligence check or something, um, and I was a, I'm a Wait, wizard. Well, oh yeah, what are you playing? What's your class? You're playing wizard. Yeah, wizard. Okay. Um, and so he he was particularly easy. He was like, you know, tell him that he has to be this. I didn't even realize what I was doing. I was just like, you know, tell them to practice on you. And I was like, okay, that maybe that's the thing. And then they just like stabbed him to death hard. Right. That was just like what. Um. Uh, but the other ones, I I managed to get lucky. Um, you know, I had like not a ton of inspiration, but it just kind of worked. Um, How do you socially defeat the tax collector? We fought the tax collector. Oh, but, um, you know. I intimidated her twice. Um, like I told, <laughs> I, I told her she was corrupt and like, like honestly it was pure, it was pure luck. It's like a 21 intimidation check and I hit it and then she's like corruption. <laughs> no. And then she explodes. Um, like, you know, kind of like, kind of like the other ones where like, they just kind of like die. Um, but yeah. Got a lot. Okay. Got a lot of gold out of her. Um, yeah, we. I got so fucked. We safe cupped on her because her fight mechanic is actually pretty clever, but like f- super fucking funny when you are like me and you have. I just am sitting on a, a gazillion gold, right? Because um, her, her stuff does more damage the more gold you have. So she came down and she just like one shot me. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> And so then we did, uh, then I just put my gold in camp or whatever, and we came back and did it again kind of thing. I pres- presumably you could just, like, hand it to her, right, and then attack her. 
Yeah, but I don't want to give that bitch my money. Okay. You know what? Yeah. This is part of this is part of our thinking of just like good aligned murder hobos, right? Um we've also done a bunch of other murder hobo stuff that like I guess I don't want to spoil it. This is sort of like closer to act three or whatever. Um but like uh one of the big things is that we um uh we don't like the illithid powers. Do, are you doing illithid powers? No, I haven't even opened the interface for that. Yeah, we don't even have access to the interface with the, for that. Because when the guy is like, you should really think about sucking down some tadpoles. We were like, no. Shut the fuck up. Don't ever ask me again. And so we don't even have the button. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I guess I don't either. The, so I got, I, I got one illithid power in the Underdark because I talked to the free illithid down there. And if you complete his quest, he will, like, do a thing to try and extract it and it will end up giving you a power. Um, there's a free illithid power down there? And there's a, there, is, there is an illithid that is free of the collective. He's in the Mushroom Town. Did you miss this? Have you been to the Mushroom Town? Yeah, we did the whole Mushroom Town. Did we miss this, Rachel? Do you remember a fucking illithid in that town? Yeah, that one. Lou, uh, Omaloom. He's near, like, the Hobgoblin who's nice. There's no way. What? Uh, how on earth? I sell to that hobgoblin every like five seconds. I sold so much of my shit to that hobgoblin. Yeah, I, you t I talked to him and there was an option. He's like, do you want to talk to my friend? I'm like, okay. And his friend comes over. It's a mind flare. And he's like, I am free of the influence. Oh, nope. I, nope. I understand. Uh, we said no. I said, no, I don't want to do that. I think is what ended up happening. Um... So, yeah, we probably, like, cut yeah. ourselves off from... <laughs> you know, he, from he is that. one of the early, like, act one kind of, like, hey, maybe this is a way to get the fucking thing out of your brain, right? And you do a thing for him, and he tries to extract it, and it's like, turns out it made it stronger, and it gives you a power. Um, hmm. But I have not eaten any parasites. Yeah, we are perpetually distrustful of our dream guardian and oh, all of yeah, this stuff. Same. And so, um, uh, in fact, there's actually a, uh, well, there's actually a sort of a part of lore that you're missing a little bit without the Githyanki crush that relates to some of this stuff that I, w I guess I won't spoil. Um, the Githyanki crush is also a place where you can extract, Late Cell obviously talks about it, where you can like extract the thing or whatever, but all of these places where you can extract the thing, it doesn't fucking work for obvious reasons, um, because like the game is sort of reliant on it or whatever. Oh, bah, 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 bah. but yeah. Volo's method is the best method. Yeah. What so is Volo's method? He tries to ice pick. Oh, it. ice pick. Yeah. So like he did like the start of it for me. I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm not doing this. And then he like ran away, even though my quest log says he will be he will be a bard that you can recruit. It's like, well, I guess <laughs> I guess he didn't like that. I didn't trust him to like, you know, shove an ice pick in my eye. Um, yeah. Well, I feel you. I talked to him briefly, and he was like, I'm the only bard this camp... And Owen was like, I'm the only bard this camp needs. Yeah, it's because Rachel's playing yeah. a bard. Rachel's playing a bard. I'm playing a rogue. Um, but we rotate on, around the other companions pretty liberally. We we spend a lot of time with Carlac, um, because Rachel likes likes Carlac, so we're pretty martial... Um, we're a pretty martial party, which is part of the, like, no long resting thing. Right. Because it's just like... Why, yeah, long resting is for for lamos basically because i'm honry for carlac yep very honry <laughs> yeah my my party is carlac shadow heart gale 
which is like not an optimal party. Two wizards. Yeah, yeah. Because Gale's a bro, but and Gale, is just, a Gale is just a bro. Card. I saw. I saw. A clip I like Asterian. I, <laughs> I, I respect Asterian to Monk though, because I was like, I, we just didn't use Asterian because I'm a rogue. Obviously, I'm doing the rogue stuff, and I was just like, you know what, buddy? Like, you, you can, you can be a, ro you can be a monk, and you can be in the party sometimes now. Yeah, Carlock's Carlock Car is greater than Shadow. Carlock's like all nice and whatnot. Like, there's nothing. Uh, there's, there's no work there. There's no. There's no one I need to save, Lou. Carlac is a strong, independent woman that don't need no men. I would I not can, insult I, her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's like uh, I it's like I can fix him, but like the the male version. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I actually this is maybe one of the first RPGs where I don't have any like like I'm 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 going it alone. Okay, I don't have any crush. Late Cell. I was pretty on board for Late Cell at first. She was like, "I'm horny for you." I was like. I'm kind of into this. And then she said something and I was like, I'm no longer into this. <laughs> I, 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 I saw a clip on yeah. Twitter uh, that was like, um, Asterion says to, to I guess, the player character, get on your knees. And the character just kicked him in the balls. I <laughs> <laughs> saw that. I would kick him in the balls. He, left, he leaves the party if you do that. <laughs> I mean, I just, like, basically don't talk to the characters that aren't in my party. I just, like, don't care. No. Do you not like Will? I mean, I like Will. Like, if there was space in the party, I'd probably pick up Will. But, like, he's not as much of a bro as, uh, as, as Gale, so. I like Will. Will might weirdly be my... No way I'm real about this. Is Will my favorite companion? Maybe I don't know. I we have we have like a we have all the companions except for there. You know, you know about Minthara, right? You can get the Drow Paladin from Act One if you kill the Grove rather than. Um, oh, I did not know that. Um, yeah, we we learned that because we did an evil playthrough where we attack. We helped the goblins kill the Grove, like attack the Grove, um, and. Um, I guess it's Minthara or Halson is what you get. Yeah, it's yeah. Essentially, it's Minthara or Halson, and I'm also sure that there's no way Minthara and Jahira will work together. Um, yeah, I I was uh, 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 <laughs> we watched Josh's Dragonborn get fucked by Minthara. Uh, not by the way. I need to say this for Josh's Dragonborn is a gold Dragonborn. Okay, he is shiny. It was. So funny. We were all in a Discord call together and we're watching this giant bright gold dragon get fucked by this drow. Oh my god. It, and the, you know what? Honestly, the funniest part is that it's Josh. It's like <laughs> it's him who's getting it in, that he's getting it in. God, that was funny. I kind of want to go back. I I want to play the evil game. Race and I have said we're going to play an evil game when we're done with our main game because of the dark urge, which I did not know at the time, um, is a pretty radical change to you know how you approach the game uh, as as an origin. I didn't really realize what the dark urge was when I saw it in the origins or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I kind of want. So part of this is part of the reason to go back to Will, where I'm not as big on Will is like. There is a character I play in a 5e game that I want. Like, my current character is a character I play in a PF2e game, um, a version of it. And I want sure. to do a run with a dwarf warlock that uses a hammer, right? Which is, like, my 5e character. And it's like, Will is basically that, but slightly different, right? Like, the martial, the, the gishy warlock, right? Like, I'm like, 
well, I don't need you because I want to actually do this character, right? Because that's the character I'm playing, and so I don't want to pay too close attention to, to, to Will. Um, not because I have anything against Will, just because, like, you know, it's not what sure. I want to do. Yeah. How do you feel about the story The story so far? Are you, like, in, engaged on, like, the, the plot level and all this illithid stuff? Um, yeah, just in kind of, like, I'm, I'm much more attached to the character stories, right? Like, you know, um, like, I don't know a ton about, um, I, can't, I used to know a lot about some of the, the Faerun lore, but, like, I specifically don't really know anything about Shar, and, like, I'm getting the impression that Shar is not a great, great person, or a great god, right? Like, a, a good god, right? And so, like, I'm kind of like, I wonder where they're going with the Shadowheart thing, right? Because um, she's, like, supposed to be, like, a, a uh, like, you know, obviously, like, obviously she's, like, the, the kind of, like, protagonist character, right? Like, um, and so I wonder, like, she's not, like, an evil character, right? Like, you know, there, there were, you know, I remember in Baldur's Gate 1, there were evil characters that you could recruit very early on. Um, and, like, obviously, like, Minthar is an evil character, as you mentioned, right? But, like, Shadowheart is, like, not, like an evil uh is not an evil character in that way at least um uh the crazy thing about shadowheart that's funny is um uh a friend of mine who's been playing through the game um did you do the memory quest for like the guy the dwarf what i don't know if i what what memory quest for the there's a dwarf in the mushroom town who wants oh. there's a woman yeah and she wants you to get a, yeah, a yeah, special he's lost, her, he's lost her she's lost her memories right and there's a thing that can restore his memories and she's like he abused me when he was uh when he had his mind so i don't want to restore him yeah that's what we said we, we were like you know what i'm not on board with this or whatever but um a friend of mine did that quest and gave the mushroom to Shadowheart, and it like fucks with her like memory loss from the char worshippers or whatever um and i was like oh my god i wish i had done that that's like actually kind of crazy yeah I, um, I never found the mushroom uh that 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 restores it like i just kind of like remember her mentioning it and i just like figured i might run into it at some point yeah yeah you know i don't know sure char and i like the char stuff and i like the saluna stuff um like two gods that are sort of like equal opposites to one another um is cute and fun i guess um I don't know. Yeah, that stuff is... I, I, I'm reasonably connected to it. The interesting thing to me about this story is that it doesn't feel rote um, because of all this, like, stuff with the Mind Flayer. I feel like I am making... Um, there are a lot of decisions that we end up making that feel really impactful because you have no idea. Like, I'm just like, I don't know where this is going. Let's see. Right? Kind of thing. Um which is really, which is really neat and really interesting. Yeah. Um. Even at, even though at the end of the day, it does play a little bit more like a railroad than I kind of want in a way. Um. It. Which is maybe a little bit of just like main story stuff that you haven't necessarily seen yet because you haven't fought Ketherick Thorm or anything like you know yeah, all that stuff is. Uh, you know, it's it's like it's like a whole thing, but that to me feels like very sort of stereotypical D and D, where there's a you know a big bad evil guy kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Although it is kind of funny to me that like multiple of my party members have been like, "By the way, you're gonna die at the end of the story, right?" Like you know, um, and so who knows how how that'll how that'll actually end out. 
I assume there's going to be a way to make them not actually die or at least they'll get like a poignant ending or something. Part of part of this is that like the patch notes have been like, you know, and Carl like gets a slightly different ending. It's like, hmm, I wonder what that's about. Um, uh, but, you know. Uh, did y'all defeat Ketherick without paladin intervention? Uh, we... Yeah, basically. We well, I don't know what what you're necessarily talking about, but uh Ketherick, we we kinda kicked Ketherick's ass. Um we actually cleared we cleared Moonrise Towers like a dungeon. Um we went in and we killed everybody, basically, in Moonrise Towers. Which is also part of our like there was just like one point where I tripped up and I aggroed somebody and the whole is the same thing as the Githyanki Chris. It's like the whole tower aggroed against me basically and i was like you know what we'll just fucking like sleaze our way we had like an hour and a half long fight where we were just like slaughtering these people um uh which i think is part part of how the game because this is sort of the same thing that the goblin camp was right where it's like it's supposed to be a place where you kind of engage neutrally but we ended up just sort of fighting everyone <laughs> yeah no i mean I had a couple of fun moments like like that, right? Like um, in Grimforge, I initially was like friendly, and then when it like became time to like actually resolve like the thing with the gnomes, I like I was like I don't want to do this big fight initially, so I just like started sneaking around and like punting people off of edges um, until someone <laughs> caught me, and then I just had uh, had the fight out. <laughs> we yeah we did a thing. Uh, our Grimforge journey was really fun. We discovered the. Um uh, the adamantine forge before any of our friends. And we did that really early. We did that like at level like five. Um, I think I did just too. because yeah, the, the thing with the adamantine forge that we didn't realize is that, um, we, we took a kind of back way to get back there and it was just some night. And this is the high, this is the highlight of the game for me, right? Play, doing the adamantine forge is the kind of shit that made it feel like a true D and D sort of thing. We're fighting this guy, we were going through it. We didn't really understand. We were just like, man, this is going to take forever. This is an insane boss fight. And then at some point, Rachel was like, oh, you have to hit him with the hammer. And I was like, oh. And so from then, it was just like, oh, I, like, I, I, was, I completely understand. I was actually just going to look to see if you had the achievement of kill, kill him without the hammer. Because I didn't even discover that. I just like, basically, what I did was, is like, I set... Get like I always just had Gale attack last, right? And so the thing would like start to walk over to Gale, right? Like and, like I just had Gale like keep like kiting essentially the boss, and then Carlac would just like slam him with the hammer for a bunch of damage. Um, and so, so you killed him without using the big hammer. Yeah, yeah. But then he he gets into that like earthquake phase. Earthquake. What do you, What do you mean? He gets into in in when when he gets low enough, he does this earthquake thing that just hits everybody for damage. Uh, maybe that was the part that made it complicated for us, which is why we were like, "Oh God, let's use the hammer." Maybe I, maybe I managed to just like power through, kill him, because I like, I like switched weapons on Carlac to use like something that like the bludgeoning damage to kind of like deal with the weakness. I basically just was able to power through it, right? Like, oh, interesting, right? How using the bludgeoning damage? Okay, I, I see. Yeah, I, I, I like honestly, Carlac, I. If I, if I went and measured it, I, I bet you Carlac does, like, 60% of my party's total damage 
Um, <laughs> um, like, see, yeah, that's part of it. Is that my our party? I do almost all the damage because I'm just like getting these insane sneak attacks for like huge damage, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, Carlac is doing frenzy and just like whop, whop, whop. Um, yeah, my thing, my thing is, we start a lot of fights just with me stealthing, and I just attack someone from stealth, and um, I just beat their asses. Latell is my one-on-one -on -one beast. Yeah, Latell is insane. Uh, the the weakest members of my party are like, like Will seems pretty weak to me. Will is weak in the way that Gish characters are are pretty weak, which is just that like you know it's hard to do both. Uh, Rachel, you're my medium weak. Rachel is always doing the important shit though, like in the in the fight, right? Like if somebody needs to like hit the lever or something or do door tech, then that's that's real. Um, I I am in like my character is essentially like the semi useless character in my party because it's like <laughs> it's like I'm gonna do punches and electric touches, but like. I also like shove things off of stuff and uh, I use knock a lot outside of combat. Like, like I feel like that's like, like I use the spell knock to unlock things. Um, although not as much anymore. Cause I discovered that like Carlac is now strong enough to just basically break anything. Um, oh, cause she can break through the doors. That's yeah. interesting. I didn't think about that. And yeah. the chest. apparently, apparently there's like no risk of damaging anything except for like a couple of specific chests. Huh. Yeah, which I think is... Yeah, I just... I sneak it... I Or not sneak it... I, my sleight of hand is insane. Like, that is my, like, super-juiced skill or whatever. So, I... Um, I just... <laughs> I just keep lockpicking everything. I went on, honestly, like, this whole... For about an hour, I went on this whole crusade where I just lockpicked everything, like with these potions of invisibility or whatever. This is all in Act 3. I won't spoil any of it, but just, like, remind me in a couple of weeks to talk about it. Because that was also incredibly fun. But at that point, I was basically just playing, like, a stealth archer from fucking Skyrim, right? Mm. You know, like, I was just, like, <laughs> you know, stealing stealing a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, so the interesting thing is, Lou says, if you engage with this ranged sneak attack, you get a free second one when combat starts. I tend to murder one dude right off. That's the assassin archetype, right? Uh, for rogue or whatever. I am playing Thief, which I uh, have grown to love because Thief gets an extra bonus action. Um, and so when I'm in fights, I get two offhand attacks, um, which I find to be really useful with hand crossbows. I have these two, I have these two insane hand crossbows or whatever. Um, the offhand attack can be can be like super nutty. Essentially, doing a full attack action can be super nutty uh, with rogue, and allows me to re stealth in combat um, in ways I find like really useful. Which I think is good. I think that there's like a lot of uh, a lot of variety for how you know um, like characters can be built that are fun and engaging. I agree. Even though I don't know that I would ever want to go arcane trickster. That seems that seems lame. Uh I mean, I know it's useful in a real 5e game. Um, I'm playing like what? Oh, really? Yeah, my uh, my friend June is playing a character that is a drow arcane trickster um, archer. Basically, he, he he uses it for mostly like utility stuff rather than for like combat effectiveness stuff. But sure. Um, oh, I had a question about a specific thing. Um, in the Shadowfell Temple, did you? How did you deal with Raphael's? Uh, like a uh, friend that he asks you to kill. 
We beat their asses. Uh, I had Will at that time. Will has the push blast or whatever. So he just opened that fight by blast blast. Uh, it pushed him off the edge and then killed all of his little cronies. We sensed there was an ambush and we just fucking murdered all of them. I did something so. similar. It took me a couple of attempts, but I basically like, I just like lightning bolted them a bunch. Lou is asking if I found the time limit quest in the Underdark. Are you talking about the, um, the, the guy trapped behind the wall? Okay, yes. Yes, I did, I, I did find that. I got the rune powder. I blew up the door. That was actually, I think I last, um, uh, so I long rested right before I went through that door and it was fine, um, which was interesting. Um, like he was still alive. Um, maybe that was a bug, uh, but. Oh, interesting. The, the guy, right. Yeah, we did that quest all at once, but I do know that, I do know that if you long rest, you can fuck it, um. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it made sense. Another friend of mine, yeah. He, he he impinged in my head and was like, I'm dying. And I was like, I need to rest because I just like, th that was like, I kicked, every, like when I was describing kicking everybody off the edge, I did that. And then I long rested and then I went through the, that door. Um, but uh, I also, uh, I don't know, like that that was, I think the last week I spoke about this is like the thing that was like disappointing to me is like you get to that edge and you can see down into the temple and I was like, oh, I will feather fall into the temple or fly into the temple oh, yeah. and, wouldn't let, mm -hmm. and wouldn't let you. And I was like, mm. this is what I was talking about. Like, you know, the you can see like you can see the edges the more you play because it's like, oh, I should be able to do this. And you can't because uh, reasons, I guess. Right. Like, yep. We intended to do the we intended to do the exact same thing. Hey, what did you do about the uh, what did you do about the rats in the temple? I have talked to them, but I haven't attacked them yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, we specifically did not attack them. We intimidated them, I think. And we were like, hey, knock it off. And they were like, okay. And they all left or whatever. But there's like stuff there. There's lore there that I think we missed because we banished the rats instead of actually like dealing with the rats. I'm pretty sure the rats, you're, you, can, you can like fight and do a whole thing. Yeah. No, I mean like. I was, I was like, I was like, I'm sure this will work itself, do something at some point. And then when I was fighting the the guy with the golem, um, uh, one of the rats just started attacking the golem. I'm like, okay, that works. Um, the end. Uh, Who's the guy with the golem? In the temple, there is. Oh, the flesh golem. Yes, the zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Yep. I'm on board. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We killed him too. Uh, he was pretty fun. We killed him. At the very end of a long rest, and we were like, or at the very end of a long thing, and we were like, okay, we're going to leave, we're going to go back to last light, we're going to rest, and we were like, do you think we can kill this guy without resting? Like, zero spell slots, everybody's at half HP, I was like, I'm pretty sure we can fuck him up, yeah, so we killed Balthazar, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know the story of the rats, because somebody told me that the rats are a polymorphed, basically the story of the, um... Uh, of the devil, Raphael's devil guy or whatever, is um, uh, the... <sighs> we know they're a guy. I read a book. We read a book. I read a book. This is what, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. They're, they're a polymorphed follower of Char, and they probably got polymorphed by Raphael, right? Or something? Uh, Give me credit for reading every book in this whole game. <laughs> yes, you have credit. Even though we totally fucked up the Char puzzle to get the Night Song spear um, for the longest time. I 
am honestly a little mad about it because I think my answer should have worked and I'm pissed. Was your answer um, the idol of Char that you picked up like a half, three hours ago? Yeah, yeah, yes. right? And I left it in Shadow Hearts inventory. I didn't sell that shit even though it's worth like 250 gold or something like that because for the RP and I was like, oh, I'm so fucking smart. We're going to put the idol of Char in. No, it's not that I wanted it's to, the I it's, wanted it's, to riot. Yeah, I was mad about that too because it's the book that tells you that it's like, the book that gives you the answer isn't supposed to be the answer. That's right? the dumbest thing. Yeah. It is so fucking stupid, Betty. I'm so mad about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The um, Because the, the, the story I'm pretty sure that's happening is the, uh, the devil who you kill who's Raphael's like friend or whatever um like was bound to a contract to kill all of the char followers in the temple or whatever but the last follower of char got polymorphed into that swarm of rats and so because he can't kill that swarm of rats or something that's why he's still down there and Raphael like makes you go after them honestly to be fair I never even got a follow up with Raphael Raphael was like kill that guy for me and I was like you know what okay I thought it was going to be the same guy as, as you know Will's quest turned yeah, out yeah 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 I thought so. yeah it, it turns out well, this is why I got Will I was like oh I'm going to go bring Will for this because it's going to like matter no it fucking didn't and it sucked and it was really hard because Will does no fucking damage um, and also we were pretty out of spell slots and everything at that point um, judicious use of the thunder push arrow was what was what got us there on that on that fight um, yeah yeah no, I mean, it's a good, I mean, you know, we, we basically just spend an hour telling stories about the game. So, you know, it, it's obviously a pretty good game, right? Like, Yeah, that's true. I guess we're, we haven't really talked a little bit about, uh, you know, how, <laughs> how things have played out. Yeah, um, you know, I, I like, it's a good game. It's got some flaws in it, right? Like, it feels like intimidation is mostly another form of persuasion, right? Like, and I get it, right? Um they're rough ages, and I get it. And there are bugs, and I get it. But, like, you know, still love it. Still top contender for, like, game of the year for me. Um, there's so many I guess it is. You know what? I'm being mean, but it probably is a top contender for game of the year. Um, I remember thinking there was another game that I played this year that I was, like, really head over heels for. Uh, I was like, it's probably this over that. Uh, the one thing I want to ask about is... Um, uh, how you felt about um, multiplayer. Have you done any multiplayer stuff? I have not. I have not had the okay. opportunity. Um, just because, like, I haven't been particularly aggressive about pursuing that with other people. And I was like, oh, maybe at some point. And, uh, you know, there's also, like, 17 other games, right? Like, Josh got distracted by Armored Core 6. I got mildly distracted by Armored Core 6. Um, yeah, I do. I do want to play more uh, in like in a group setting. I actually think the correct way to play the game is probably, um, you know, like I think Rachel and I do it because you know, we obviously like live together and, and work together pretty well and everything like that. But I think the the best way to play the game is actually probably to play through alone so that you kind of get the full sort of story and everything like that. And then playing through with a group of people who already sort of know yeah. stuff. Right. Um, I think that that. Uh, oh yeah. Do we work well to pretty well together? No, we fucking don't. Okay. You need to set up more sneak attacks for me. Okay. I I have a sneak attack quota. All right. And you never get in range to fucking threaten guys so that I can get sneak attacks off. Yeah. Fuck you, Rachel. Okay. That's what I say about that. Okay. <laughs> get fucked. 
It has made me want to play D&D so fucking bad, though. I tell you what, playing Baldur's Gate has made me just, like, go so insane for wanting to wanting to play more um, D&D, which is not a feeling that I ever got with with Kingmaker. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I mean, it's because, it's because, I think it's because Baldur's Gate 3 lets you do all the fun stuff, right? Like, do all the weird yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. I also just think that um, th- this is part of my, I think D&D is a... Is a D&D 5e is, is, is a good system, right? Um, one of the things that makes Pathfinder unfun is the haste problem that I was sort of talking about before, where haste is so insanely powerful in that game that basically every f- like everything comes down to turn one, cast haste on your whole party. Turn two, everyone's dead. Yeah, it right? is not as powerful um, in 2e, which is, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, in Pathfinder 2e, you mean? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's also not as powerful in 5e, yeah. obviously. Uh which I think has made um, Baldur's Gate uh, kind of more engaging on kind of like a systems level. There's a lot. There is actually kind of a lot of stuff that I miss about a little bit about some of the crunchier systems um, that Pathfinder has to you know has has to offer. Um, like I don't know. Oh, so so it's pretty powerful in five v two. I'm afraid of how it must be in Pathfinder. In Pathfinder, it is the entire party gets. So, an so extra, yeah. yeah. So it, it it is adapted from. It was this powerful in three five two, right? It's like everybody in the party gets an extra action uh, or an extra attack on a full attack. Um, it, yeah, it is an extra, extra attack on a full attack. Yeah, uh, a plus one to hit, um, extra movement speed, like seven different things. It is so, and there's no concentration in in that game at all. So like you know, it's not like you have to worry about it dropping off. Um, yep. Yeah. And so in in Kingmaker, haste is just like absolutely nutty, right? So uh, there's been some stuff that we've had to do because of haste. Uh, I, I I will end up drinking potions pretty pretty liberally in combat. Uh, we did the we did a whole thing in Act Three um, that I won't that I won't get into much detail. But like there's a, there's just like there's a big requirement for action economy in there where you really have to be making sure that like you have free actions to do stuff. Um, so it was pretty common for me to be chugging potions of speed in order to like get an extra you know getting an extra action or whatever um but yeah yeah i mean you know any and it's just like such a multiplicative effect too right it's like if you know carlac has two attacks now so if i cast haste on her or have her drink a speed of push she's get gets four attacks right like yep four attacks that are potentially at plus 10 with great weapon master right like it's 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 fucking nutty um yeah but yeah Oh yeah, good game. Well, do you have uh, do you have anything else you want to anything else you want to say about this this game in particular? No, I think we're good to move on to our weeks. I guess. Okay. Well, how well how was it? What did you do? Tell me all about it. Uh, so things I have done this week. Uh, going in reverse, I played some Starfield today because today was the day it came out on Game Pass. Um, yeah. Okay. We were talking about this before the cast. Give me give me how how far did you get in Starfield? Did you just do the opening? Uh, so I have done part of the opening. I have gotten okay. off of, I have like, have, have you played it at all? Or have you just like, I know mm-hmm. you, okay. I got to the collective or whatever the, the explorers, the constellation. Constellation. Yeah. yeah. And I have gone to Mars with the, uh, with the constellation lady. And that is where I stopped playing just because. Okay. I completed that quest. And then I also have does, I've, I've fucked around a little, um, I fucked around on the first planet. I fucked around in the Soul Solar System. Like I went to, 
was it Pluto? I maybe went to one of the moons, like Europa or something like that, just to like see what I could do or whatever. I, I'm kind of hazy on some of that stuff. And then I did, um, I enlisted with the UC. Uh, okay. When you will go to that guy and you get the quest to go to Mars or whatever, you can enlist with the UC. I did that as well, which is, to be honest, not not much. It's just kind of like uh, you talk to a bunch of guys. You go into the bottom. You do a, a flight simulator essentially, um, and then you come out. I quite like the Starship stuff. I gotta be honest. The Starship stuff was really fun, uh, at least so far. Yeah. No. I mean, I have enjoyed it a little bit. I just did like kind of the tutorial. But basically, what I'm trying to do is like in like. Skyrim, right? Like, is like the direct com- uh, comparison point. You basically do a little stuff. Usually, you end up walking to that first dragon temple, right? And then you walk to the first town. And then after that is when things like really kind of open up. And like, I'm just like waiting to kind of get to that point. It's like, I will mean, do the tutorial stuff and then I'll just go like do my Skyrim thing, where it's kind of like wander around and be like, oh, that looks interesting and go do that instead. Um, Huh. Yeah, I guess I felt like I found that by going to Constellation and then the UC. The UC is also really nice, and I would recommend enlisting because um, it's it's like it's like joining the Fighters Guild, right? Um, you know, it's just like one of the storylines you can pursue over the course of the game. But they have a really useful thing, which is backstory. <laughs> one of the things you do when you enlisted the UC is you walk through this hall with murals and like little buttons and you can press the buttons and it explains the lore of the game, which I have not looked into at all. I don't understand any of this lore, right? Um, but I just sat and I listened to these buttons and it maybe goes for five or ten minutes and it just explains and it's like, oh yeah, well, the UC Earth died and the UC sprung up and then there was a rebellion and the rebellion created the Free Star Collective and they're cowboys and the UC are not cowboys and there's a third group called House Varun who I'm sure are bad guys that will show up later. I have not interacted with them and there used to be mechs and xeno weapons but they discontinued the mechs and the xeno weapons in the treaty because they were too powerful and bad and fucked up uh, and it's just like all of that getting that lore dump was actually great and i loved it <laughs> because i think part of my my issue with starfield a little bit is it has not gripped me with the world in the same way that skyrim did effortlessly um in in such a way that I think it is like one of the true gaming like great it, Skyrim is a true great game and is for this immersive effect right it submerges you in the world of Skyrim and and the Elder Scrolls and everything um, so cleanly and completely um, just kind of from minute one and I have just had a real tough time triggering that and making the world of Starfield not feel generic to my ears essentially um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess I feel that, um, I don't know. I feel like I, it's definitely started to get its hooks into me. It got its hooks into me in the kind of like, oh, I'm going to be a guy in space exploring the unknown, right? Like, you know, this is like a, a thing I kind of feel in my real life, which is like the kind of the meme, it's like born too late to explore the world, too early to explore the universe, <laughs> just in time to browse dank memes, right? Like, yes. No, we had a whole podcast about this, right? The, how the, why the fantasy of just a couple of bros on a starship, you know, on a wind and a prayer is like such a great plot hook for these space games, right? That's Starfield, oh, right? No. Um, oh, God. Honestly, this is probably why I enjoy Outlander. Cause it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's a lot of that, right? Like, it's like, 
just some dudes on the frontier, right? Like living with their wives, you know, um, <laughs> explicitly escaping. Like I finished season five of Outland. That's another thing I did this week. Right? Great. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, like It's like, like, you know, ex- explicitly people who were born too late to explore the world who get to go back in time and like experience that, like, you know, frontier kind of uh, stuff, right? Like, you know. I I have been I'm in a I'm in a weird place. I have you seen any of the like space westerns are so boring discourse on Twitter about uh, Starfield? Hold, hold on, I gotta just loop. Young Ian is this, you don't get to call him a cultural appro- so Young Ian <laughs> is a character. What the fuck? So so you know how I told you last time about how how um how Roger gets like sold into slavery to the Mohawks? Yes. Um, when they go and rescue him. Ian basically offers himself to take his place, which is how they end up, like, working it out, right? So Ian is basically, like, living among the Mohawk, right? And they make him one of them. So I don't think it's fair to call him a cultural appropriator because he has literally (laughs) been, like, you know, forcibly turned into a Mohawk, right? Like, you know. An assimilationist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Oh, yeah, and then he he comes back because I think someone broke his heart. It's like, I I haven't gotten the full details yet, but... um, yeah, there there was this discourse on Twitter that was like, I beg of you, make anything but space westerns. We've done space westerns to death. Firefly was 20 years ago. You know, like this, this kind of thing. And I felt this like sort of urge, this like, I don't know, like patriotic urge to sort of defend. Like the Western archetype is a truly American archetype yeah. um, for, for sort of like culture that I think it is worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give me more fucking space westerns, god damn it. Yeah, and frankly, I think we do need better space <laughs> westerns because I kind of think Star Wars has sort of fallen off a cliff in a way. Star Wars right? also um, isn't, it's not exactly a space western. Like, I, I, I get, like, the the point there. But, like, it's like, that's, Star Wars is space fantasy. Star Trek is, like, space utopianism, right? It's like, you know, what is it, fully automated luxury space communism, right? Like, that is what Star Trek yeah. is, right? Like... Um, yeah, and there's also all this stuff about, and I got to, man, I don't know that I want to go on another history rant. I sort of want to go on another history rant. There's all this stuff about, like, the Confederacy, and I am a big hater of the Lost Cause. Do you know about that? Like, the Lost Cause, like, myth or buddy, whatever? Buddy bravely comes out against the Confederacy on our podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, no. This is a thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and part of this is because I, th- this is just like World War II. I got real deep into Civil War history, um, and my big introduction was kind of lost cause stuff but the deeper i got into it the better i realized the history was and the dumber i realized the confederacy was like there's a lot of sort of like myth myth making about like oh robert e lee was such a brilliant general he was so much smarter than grant grant just had more it's like no no mm -mm, sorry bud and let me tell you about my boy william tecumseh sherman baby like you know and it's just like anyway so i have a lot of complicated feelings about like the civil war but i can put that shit aside when i'm when i am understanding this sort of like space Western shit. And I, it it drives me insane that people cannot get on board with this. Right. Um, Cause you know, a lot of these space Westerns are built on the, the fantasy of dispossessed Confederate soldiers who moved West into kind of the wild West period, which is a true art. That's a true thing that happened. Right. There were a lot of, there were a lot of soldiers who did that thing to kind of escape, you know, what they foresaw at the time as sort of like union tyranny or whatever. But we can 
decouple that archetype from kind of the political misgivings that we would all say is pretty bad underneath there, right? And say, yeah, a loner who just lost this great war or whatever and goes out to the frontier because he can't, you know, he can't bear to live under the yoke of whatever. It's like, that's a great, that's a good pitch, goddammit. That's yeah. cool or whatever. And I feel like I'm like reading these like super fucking stupid comments about this shit that makes me want to like pull my hair out because yeah, I agree the Confederacy sucks and there's a lot of dumb shit about the how we talk about like the Civil War and all this other sort of stuff, right? Um, but like, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm getting on these stupid history rants lately. Maybe I'm just gonna, maybe I'm just becoming middle aged. Is that is that what is that what's happening? Yeah, I mean, it's a middle aged dad obsessing over civil war. History. Yeah, it's, it's like people want to like you know have their hot takes on Twitter and like just like say things and like not have any sense of like actually anything, right? Like you know, um, especially particularly politically. Uh, aligned, maybe particularly. Yeah, though, it is. It is honestly. It is the 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 thing that it breaks this all the way down for me is this chain of re, this chain reaction of one thing means another thing, right? If you like space westerns, it means you're pro slavery, right? You know, it's, it's just like, man, can we just like deal no it's, it's, i don't like i like pancakes oh so you hate waffles no yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's it honestly sense. even worse than that it's like i like pancakes oh so that you you think that you know aunt jemima is good. recognize industrial slavery in the west indies that introduced you know sugar plantations to european palates was a good thing it's like Shut the fuck up, okay? You know, like, that's sort of what I want to say. Just shut your fucking mouth, okay? I don't want to hear this. Uh, my, my, I don't know why. I, I feel like I've done this a lot recently. I've turned the back half of the podcast into, like, me bitching about, like, dumb political stuff that I think is super cringe. Yeah, no, I mean, it, that's good. This this what happens, right? This is the world we live in, right? Like, yeah, this your, is your, the world we your, live in. Your fave true. is problematic, right? Like, you know, Henry Cavill is an incel or something. I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of drama with uh, with Henry Cavill's Witcher stuff. I started digging into this just because I'm a drama whore, and I really wanted to understand like what was going on. Everybody is so mad about the uh, about the new season of The Witcher. There's like this whole backlash about it. Yeah, um, I mean, this, I think this is something different what I'm talking about, but like also like The Witcher thing, right? Like, um, and like Eric Kane posted a thing. It's like effectively Netflix threw. It's that Liam Hemsworth is the new Geralt, I think. I'm um, like threw him under the bus because like the, their advertising campaign for the third season was like he's not gone yet or something like that, right? Like you know, or like he's yeah. <laughs> it's just like like even regardless of like the object level thing, don't do that to like your new star, right? Like you're basically saying like you know it's not worth watching after this season. Uh, and you gotta imagine Liam Hemsworth is like a guy. He's been in shows. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not, like he draws nobody. a real paycheck, right? Yeah, exactly like that, right? Like, 
Uh, I don't know. That stuff doesn't make stuff doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I remember liking the first season of The Witcher, but um, I don't know. We never got we never got around to seeing the the second one. Yeah. All these Netflix shows. I, Netflix has really poisoned the well for me because I feel like every good Netflix show gets canceled, and so I just like it's hard for me to get invested. Yeah. Like I went really hard for Archive eighty one. Do you remember that? It was like that horror show I was yeah, talking yeah. about a couple of months ago or whatever. Um, they left that in a great place for season two. I was really hooked. I was really into into it or whatever. Nope, canceled. Like, yeah. Okay. I, the uh, there was a thing here. It's like you know, like a, after like two seasons is when like you could start demanding real money, and that's this is why like Netflix is like kill. basically like you know to to tie it into kind of like the modern writer strike stuff is like Netflix doesn't actually care about like people watching their content because it's like not their model, right? Like they just yeah. care about people signing up, and because of that, like. You know, it doesn't matter. Also, like, apparently, the stats are, like, the most watched thing on Netflix is Suits reruns, right? Like, you know, like... like the Oh, yeah. The most watched thing on Netflix is consistently, like, reruns of old favorites, right? Like, not not actual content. And so, like, the... I was just do a podcast with, like, the guy, one of the writers from Cheers, who was, mm-hmm. like, basically, Netflix should have never gotten into the, into the content game, right? Like, um... And if they had never gotten into the content game, then maybe, like, and, like, you know, the, the content producers should have never gotten into the streaming game, right? Because, like, everything's balkanized again. Like, I'm sure piracy is on the rise again. I mean, let's talk about things I've seen in It's like, I'm going to pirate it because I don't want to pay for seven streaming services. Um, yeah, I mean, the the stuff with Max, HBO Max is insane, right? Dave, David Zaslav. David Zaslav is, you know, his claim to fame is... Real, like reality television and then he buys the most prestigious brand in TV which is basically the last bastion for like good thoughtful artful like whatever right the most watched shows on HBO Max are these HBO shows right um so it's like it's not even like Netflix where it's like oh well the only thing that actually people watch is like fucking office reruns or something like that it's like well no actually the things that people are watching are you know like these high budget you know really well you know well made shows like succession or whatever like that um and David Zaslav got so mad at at this that he has fucked his own algorithm to forcibly show people garbage reality show content um in the same thing as HBO and then removed the HBO name um, from, from you know, it's not called HBO Max anymore. It's just called Max or whatever. Um, just because he's essentially, like, buttered about, like, the prestige brand outdoing his, his dog shit brand. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I, I, I discovered partially through um, Dropout that, like, there are people who, like, care about reality television shows. I don't get it. I don't get it, man. Uh, the only w- reason I get it is because of Kroll Show. That's the that's the genesis of uh, <laughs> of my understanding of reality. Because the the genesis for Kroll Show was a writer named John Levenstein, who uh, he's you know like the, his famous thing was Arrested Development, but he came on to be essentially the showrunner for Kroll Show. And the thing was, when he wasn't working between seasons, he got really, really, really addicted to these trashy reality TV shows, and he ended up you know, pitching with Nick Kroll, right? What if we did a skit show, but all of the skits are different, like garbage reality TV show shows, essentially. Um, and so that's, that's my, that's my understanding of contribution to reality TV stuff. I don't know. I feel like, um, it's like, it's like how some of the most watched shows are like these cop procedurals or whatever, like law and order and shit like that. And it's just like, 
does does that just happen over time? Does your brain just sort of like rot, and it, and like all all you can do is like watch Law and Order reruns? Well, like Law Law and Order at least at least Law and Order makes sense to me because it's like you know very simple plots, but like they're plots, right? Like it's like criminal does a thing, detectives solve the crime, right? Like you know maybe there's a courtroom scene too, right? Like, um, and like that's at least like. A. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry. Listen, you're talking to the guy who will watch 800 hours of YouTube content about the Titanic sinking. Oh yeah. Okay. No. Listen, like yeah, you know. I was saying, like I've got, I've got my own personal, like you know, like I watch too much YouTube, way too much YouTube, right? Like I've been rewatching like Mandalore reviews and like you know, best of the worst episodes from Red Letter Media, right? Like that, that is what my some of my nights look like. So I'm not gonna. Uh, I watched Law and Order three hours a day every day in college. Yeah, no, I I used to do some of that too, just because like it was like the thing that was on in like the the common room, right? Like, um, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like. There's something comforting about it, right? Like this is also like maybe to go back to the Outlander thing, right? Like, I enjoy sitting on the couch and calling out things that will happen in Outlander, and then they happen. Um, uh, oh, oh, I should tell you about this. You will find this. Incredible. <laughs> I just have to say, banger joke in the chat, okay, from, from Rachel. Yeah, I mean, I just watch really dog shit podcasts about <laughs> games on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. You know what? You got me, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Seven years and, like, you know, two loyal fans, three maybe. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, so in Out- in the in Outlander season five. Um, there is a moment where, um, basically, basically the show has a lot of like sexiness for, for, you know, it's aimed at women, whatever. And so, um, the couple had like the, the, the main character is like the first woman doctor to graduate from Harvard. Right. And this is even more true because she has, um, because she's back in time. So she's like the only woman that's like capable of doing any of this medicine stuff. Right. Like, you know, power fantasy, whatever. Um, but her and her husband have uh, have sex, right? Um, and then the next morning, she's looking through a microscope. And I turn to my girlfriend and I say, Jamie, these are your sperms. And I was right. She was, like, literally <laughs> looking. <laughs> and she, like, scraped it out of herself. And she, like, <laughs> says to Jamie that that's how she got it. <laughs> This is, like... This is like the 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 moment that this reminds, this reminds me of like fucking what's his name eating the peach in Call Me by Your Name, right? It's like no! <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> you should watch this show, buddy. I kind of feel like I should. Holy shit. That is buck wild. That's buck wild. Yeah, like this. So, the, the, like, I said it as a joke. <laughs> and she looks, and she has a look, at it and it shows the picture. I'm like, no, no. And she's like, it's semen filled with sperm. And the Jamie goes, you mean seed? Right? Like, just because, like, it's. Just- <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? 
I actually really get it. I actually the worst the worst part of this mango is that I totally understand why for a lot of women that moment works really well. I bet they love that shit, to be honest with you. I should oh. watch this fucking show, huh? I really yeah. need to watch this so, show. So who says the show the best first before being when Claire fucks Jamie alive again? If it's the scene I'm thinking of, um, I looked at my girlfriend and was like, was she like jerking him off while that was happening? And like, it's like, it's very ambiguous. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a fucking show. That's a mess. Listen, this is why we got to watch Chernobyl. Okay. About those two guys who saw the nuclear reactor and it just killed them. Just seeing it killed them. Okay, Rachel, Rachel in the chat. I'm obsessed with those two guys. I think I'll be obsessed with those two guys for the rest of my fucking life. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I'm watching The Sopranos again, which is maybe part... I, I felt like my New Jersey accent has been coming back really hard um, recently. Rachel made a joke about it, and all of my friends at work agreed, and I felt insanely attacked. They were like, does anybody feel like Buddy's New Jersey accent is getting worse? Um, I think it's because I keep calling things dog shit. And it's really easy to go dog shit, right? <laughs> no, I know, I know what you mean. <sighs> Man, ah, uh, that's actually. Yeah, I, I've, I've been was... watching. Uh, I've been watching The Sopranos again. Um, and the the crazy thing about watching The Sopranos in 2023, honestly, that is fucking me up more than anything else is cell is like cell phones. They don't have fucking cell phones because this is like set in like 2002 or something like that. Right. Um, it's God. It's so weird. It is so weird. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm going to start watching The Sopranos soon. It is, with the finishing of Outlander, it is my turn to pick a season of a series to watch, and Sopranos <gasps> seems like it fit, fits. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, That's a really good one. So Arahe says in the chat, everyone knows the answer to poison is suck it out, eyebrow waggle. This happens. <laughs> Roger sucks the poison out of out of Jamie's, like, <laughs> in the middle of the forest. Um, Can I just say, by the for the for the record, I I don't know why I, I know this. I actually do know why I knew this. I know this. That's not real. That's not real advice. Okay, listen. If somebody gets a fucking snake bite, do not, quote unquote, suck the poison out. That's not how poison works. Yep. My other, my, one of my other favorite things, uh, which I've talked about a little bit on the podcast, is my 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 deep love of expert reacts to film and television about field of study right and in one of those there was a there was like a, a survival expert who talks about like yep sucking the poison out doesn't do anything all it does is put blood in your mouth it's worthless it doesn't make any difference at all like don't do, don't don't care about it i also love those videos i have gone so deep for those videos part of my part of my thing in our in our uh warcraft D, &D game um that i'm that i'm really into was because i watched a couple of tank commanders react to tank movies like world war ii tank movies or like fury um, and they were talking about different yeah fury, well fury famously a, t a movie a tank movie I deeply love and that I am constantly referencing in this in this game right um, because that that movie is also very accurate in terms of the tank crews um, and kind of how like the tanks themselves sort of like functioned and did shit or whatever um, but I could just God, I could do a million of those yeah, CIA agent talks about movie disguises, deep cover identities. I love that. Uh, there's the bank robbers, right? Like talk about like how real bank robberies go, you know, like go down or went down or whatever. Just like I can watch a million. I can watch that stuff like all the time. My my 
So I, I actually get some of that because my, my girlfriend has a master's in like early American history. Um, and so, oh. like, she, as we are watching I Outlander. see why she likes Outlander. Well, as, as we were watching Outlander, the seasons that take place in, like, revolutionary she's like, that's not an accurate marriage scene, right? Like, that's, you know, like, this is not, this is not how any of this would look, right? Um, and I'm sitting there being like, well, you, you, you could just, like, write it. Like, you could put a line in and be like, this is some strange new custom. Must be from Boston, where they say they are from, which is true, but, like, in the wrong year, right? Like, you know, you just, like, hand wave it. But I guess they don't bother. I don't know. Yeah, the early American history is actually really. I mean, I, I had that whole pitch for Seventh Expedition, right? right yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the fantasy Lewis and Clark sort of thing. That has always been a deep fascination, just because, like, I think the too thing late that to explore me, the world, buddy. Too early yeah, to no, explore the stars. Well, no, well, because it, it's also something about, like, the danger of it. Like, um, uh,. I don't even remember what I was like watching or reading. Maybe I was reading this somewhere about just like how insanely dangerous it was to be like in the colonies in the 16 and 1700s, right? You know, um, just because North, like North America was a truly. Banger, I just fell out of my just, chair. <laughs> sorry, Lou. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like North America was like a truly like wild and untamed place. And like, yeah, you could get fucking eaten by a, a mountain lion. Right. Or like lose your way. That was the craziest thing, actually, was um was uh, somebody was talking about how just getting lost in revolutionary times was a huge thing. And it happened all the time because there weren't a lot of roads, right? You know, like roads are a are a piece of infrastructure and sure in in somewhere like Boston, right? You might you might have roads or whatever. But even if you were to go like west into Pennsylvania, right? At places that I would think of as being like highly urbanized at this point, like like Pittsburgh or whatever, right? That was like the frontier. Right. And there are roads to things like Fort Pitt, which were just like, yeah, well, those roads degraded over time and people thought they were following roads and then the road would just end and they would have to walk through forest, essentially, and just hope to pick up the trail on the other side. Right. I was just like, oh, my fucking God, this is like insane. But yeah, yeah no, I mean, stuff. I, obviously a much less pressing version of this is like I some. There are trails that aren't well maintained by me sometimes. I will be like, oh, I guess I gotta like find it, right? Obviously, I'm not no no danger of dying or anything. But it's like you walk for a little while, hope you find it, and if you like, for me, it's like if I don't, I turn around and go find go back to the trail, and I like try and find a different way on the trail, right? Like, it's it's like really easy to like, you know, um, to just like not know where you are, um, even with like technology, right? Like. Um, there is a trail by me in particular that has like a big sign that's like, you will lose cell phone reception if you don't know how to read a map. Do not take this trail. Um, oh my god. Yeah, um, and it's like you know, it's like in a, in a state park, but it's like you know, no more than like, I think like ten miles across at its worst part, which is you know, substantial. But like you know, like people get lost in there enough that they have to like put up warnings about this kind of thing, right? Like, <sighs> uh, listen. Too late to explore the world. Okay, Mango. <laughs> yeah. So this is the thing that, like, I didn't really appreciate until I moved up here, which is, like, once you get out of kind of, like, the major corridors, even, like, the road infrastructure, right? Like, I have driven from where I am in New Hampshire to Canada, and, like, the like the, the amount of that that is on, like, county kind of style roads that are, like, you know, one lane in each direction 
that just like go on for miles and miles is like, I didn't really appreciate that until I like, you know, cause I, you know, you and I both grew up on the East coast. We're like, you know, uh, what is it? Like 90, 95, like, yeah. um, it's just like kind of like corridor West coast is, is, is even more, you know, like the, it's, it's like that, but wider, right. There are like four lanes in each direction. Um, yeah. The interesting thing about the East coast is all the towns are 10 minutes apart. Or well, they're they're all ten miles apart, right? Because that was the expected, right? You could walk ten miles in a day sure, if you yeah. want to try to go from town one to town two. You could ten miles was about that distance, which was why towns on the east coast are about ten miles apart. Um, but towns on the west coast are you know completely different because they came up in you know the time of rail and um, and cars or whatever. I will absolutely get that feeling though driving through like the California desert, right? Like there are just some times when you're just like driving through the fucking desert, and I'm just like. Holy fuck, this is like no man's land. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but, you know, do you have anything else you want to talk about this week? Uh, you know, I guess not. Oh, there's a bunch of stuff, but who cares, right? We can, yeah. we can talk about it later. It's like Hearthstone. Yeah. <laughs> I played Hearthstone, Mango. There, there you go. That's, my, that's your update. <laughs> you, you, you know what I played? I played um, Microsoft Jewels, which is a Bejeweled ripoff that they load into the Xbox app because I was bored. Oh, my God. Um, nice. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I'm going to say with that, uh, if you'd like to email us about any of the things we've talked about in this podcast, you can reach us at simdursplaygames.gmail.com or simdursplaygames.com. You can follow, or yeah, follow us at uh, twitch.tv.simdursplaygames or youtube.com slash at simdursplaygames. Uh, right where you, wherever you find podcasts. Links are all down in the description. Uh, Buddy apparently has to go to D&D in five minutes. Um, uh, with Other than that, Buddy, you have anything else you're looking to promote? I think a certain game um, got a release date, right? Yeah, so Estrella which we talked about last week on the podcast. I said there's a big announcement. That announcement on on, on the podcast is that Astrea has a release date. That release date is September 21st. I would recommend every one of you go watch the Astrea announcement trailer. It, ha it starts with a custom animation that I had one of our artists at the company do. His name is Drew. He's an incredibly talented guy, and I like... I've worked really hard on uh, on this stuff. I am so hyped for Australia. I'm going to be streaming Australia on Friday. Actually, uh, we're doing we're doing chat picks the dice. So if you wanna if you wanna come and ruin my <laughs> ruin my runs, please uh, you know please feel free. So yeah, September 21st. That's when yeah. Australia is out. Finally, we've been talking about this one on the podcast for a long time. I'm so excited uh, and yeah. I'm so sad for you because it is an incredible game and it is coming out among a sea of other incredible games. You know, the funny thing is I actually kind of feel like I'm pretty happy with September 21st as, as launch day. I feel like we'll be kind of out of Baldur's Gate. There's still obviously like Starfield and stuff like that. But yeah, it has been a truly brutal the last two months. The original release date for Australia, you want to know what it was? It was August 24th. I think we would have gotten slaughtered mm. if we had done uh, <laughs> August 24th. But then we eventually we decided to push it back. Yeah. So five days before Phantom Liberty. Um, which is the other, which is like the... Oh, yeah, from from uh, Cyberbook 2077. Yeah. Yeah, it's also the same day as Mortal Kombat 1, though part of this is counter-programming. We talked a lot about... I was like, are there a lot of Mortal Kombat 1 gamers who are going to be doing deck builders? I don't think so, right? Yeah. No, there's, there's a thing to talk about here, too, because, like, I, like, I play a lot of fighting games, and I'm not interested mm. in Mortal Kombat, and Mortal Kombat is kind of viewed as, like, like a... I want to call... I don't want it to be, like, a... Like a it is a less technical game, maybe, is a way to put it. But, like, it constantly puts up much better numbers than Street Fighter, even though Street Fighter is more of the purists game. Um, because it got blood and gore and, you know, Americans, like, get over here and whatever. So, yeah. 
It's interesting. But you got to go play D&D, and I should probably do some other stuff. So I'm going to say until True. next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.